All right, let's get started. Uh, my name is Alan C. I'm the CEO of New Kingdom Entertainment. Uh, this is my podcast, Be Quiet, Grown Folks is Talking. Uh, this podcast is about, uh, I talk about uh, a lot of uh, things that are in the news and interesting that concerns uh, our community, uh, the world at large. I'm concerned about everybody, but I'm more concerned about my people and my culture. Um, with that being said, uh, today we're gonna, uh, I'm going to play a video uh I was hearing a lot of talk about uh, Jay-Z's lyrics on his uh, last track uh, he did with DJ, DJ Khaled. Uh, from what I understand, there's uh, quite a few people on that track. Uh, and he um, does an amazing job on the track. Uh, and, and it's just not about what he, um, how he performs. It's, it's what he's saying. Uh, he's saying some real powerful things. And... Um, some things that are real important and the way he's flipping flipping it it's it's uh it's very interesting like i said i was hearing a lot about it but i didn't even really understand or know what was really going on about it till i seen uh ari milben's uh segment on msnbc his uh his show the beat uh ari milburn is a jewish guy jewish white guy that loves hip-hop he has a lot of artists on his shows and he he's always uh 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 quote hip-hop lines you know from uh different artists and uh so with that being said uh i want you to watch this video and then after that i will opine on it uh after you watch it so with that being said let me tee this video up now to our special report Around the world, many nations face corruption. In the U.S., elites often tell themselves a story about America being exceptional or superior to other nations, when the facts show there is American corruption in voting rights, criminal justice, housing policy, a political system that faces legal corruption with some of the most expensive campaigns in the world, and many critiques of U.S. foreign policy, which brings us to this 1996 exchange between Louis Farrakhan and CBS's Mike Wallace. You go to Nigeria, which is, if not the most corrupt nation in Africa, and it is, it could be the most corrupt nation in the world. 35 years old, that's what that nation is. Now here's America, 226 years old. 30 years ago, black folk got the right to vote. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet. When you have spilled the blood of human beings, has, has Nigeria dropped an atomic bomb and killed people in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Have they killed off millions of Native Americans? How dare you put yourself in that position as a moral judge? I think you should keep quiet. Can you think of one more corrupt? Yeah, I'm living in one. I'm living in one. I didn't mean to be so fired. No, no, that's good. It's good. That's my passion. Farrakhan was not correct about everything in his career, but those points resonated with many as he dispatched the contradiction between America's reality and perhaps her selective vision of herself. Corruption just refers to fraudulent conduct by the powerful, 
which is pervasive across American history and especially in the long war on drugs. So remember that exchange. We will come back to it tonight in this report about the failed and often racist war on drugs, which started so long ago. Now, we've covered this story many ways. Tonight, we're going to look at it through the life and poetry of an American who lived it and lived to tell about it. And he sure is telling. It's an American dream story, and you may know some of it, but you don't know all of it, especially since the story's not over. And a new installment just came out heading into this weekend as Jay-Z uses an unusually long four minutes of straight poetry to tackle the drug war, business, discrimination, and perseverance. The poetry spoken over a beat in a song with other artists. And I think you'll see why it's poetry as we go through it now. Jay, also known as Hove, marveling how he went from poverty to a billion and touting how those others basically came from his same space or crib. Kanye, who worked with him as a producer and collaborator. Rihanna, who Jay signed early on. And LeBron, who's linked to Jay's Rock Nation company. So Jay's reference there to technically is both the caveat, LeBron's done plenty on his own, and a double entendre for technical fouls in basketball. Jay opens there by asking forgiveness for making his first dollars off drugs cooked on a stove and notes he left that drug or dope game with his record clean, turning the cocaine into champagne. And that's a nod to his his ability to evade charges. A clean record gave him the lane to go from street coke to the good life of the champagne. It's also a play on how he makes money off Records. His albums are now clean records since he left the street life, while the alchemy of turning illegal coke into legal bubbly sounds like a turn on Jesus turning water to wine. And it is, because soon after, Jay completes the parallel. Jesus turned water to wine for whole bitches took a stove. But think about it. There's nothing automatically legitimate about wine or champagne. It was criminally punished during Prohibition, a policy that ultimately fueled gangs and violence and was the only constitutional amendment ever to be reversed because both parties determined that Prohibition was a messy failure. So politicians turned the alcohol back to a legitimate business, a slippery spectrum which Jay notes a few lines later in this poem saying breezy what the business is we pushing fenty like fentanyl the issue is all legitimate he was down 10 for this and those lines quickly go from prohibition to a war on street drugs associated with minorities as mentioned earlier in this broadcast to fentanyl a huge driver of drug problems and deaths which politicians do not treat criminally the same way they attack the drugs that jay or others once sold I can tell you corporations have made over $10 billion selling addictive painkillers legally. So that's a contrast. Jay also invokes the fellow billionaire Rihanna, citing her Fenty fashion line, noting everything they produce now that they deal, if you will, is legitimate. And that other line I mentioned refers to E. Emery Jones. He's an associate who served roughly 10 years for a drug sentence and now works at Jay's company. Now, look. Many listeners may not know his name, but the story is something so many communities know. It illustrates how hundreds of thousands of others are locked up for nonviolent drug offenses. The data shows the drug war is discriminatory, 
that entire categories of drugs can be arbitrarily banned or allowed, often depending on who is really using them. That ranges from prohibition, like I mentioned, to the opioid abuse, which does not involve the same sentences dealt to black and brown Americans. Or marijuana, long classified as the most severe federal level, Schedule 1. But now, bet you've heard about this, marijuana has been shifted by politicians and voters to legal in 19 states and counting. But the warehousing of so many people for drugs that are now, right now, illegal all over the nation, well, as a policy matter, it's absurd. Even before you get to race, it's also been documented as racist. Now, Jay did evade indictment for dealing illegal drugs. Now he gets paid for selling legal ones. He founded the upscale Monogram Marijuana Company, which is a play on the traditional term monogram, a reference to selling a gram. And this poem marvels about living on both sides of the law in one lifetime, as this law around the country has been changing. I want you to listen here as Jay conjures the image of a monogram joint in his pocket, while actual monograms are often embroidered on the breast pocket. Jay invokes being a writer. He's careful with his sentences, or bars as lyrics are called, because he lives now the legitimate life. Writing sentences, not jail sentences. Rap bars, not jail bars. And those jail bars come from the draconian laws, so he will clash with those who make the laws, he says. He calls that clash by the slang term smoke, which is also a play on the smoke he now sells legally. It's deep. This is a kind of elevated prism for these issues. I could tell you we've interviewed many lawmakers who don't come close to this level of nuance about drug policy and its arbitrary and pernicious results. The same song then briefly explores how pain fuels growth. All this pain from the outside inspired all this growth within. Some new planes getting broken in. Highest elevation of the self. Made a around and gave a bright wealth. Now, those new planes could be just private jets. As Jay notes, you would need the right people to buy them, the right brothers with enough wealth, or a double entendre there apparently to the right brothers who invented plane travel. The same line cites another Jay business, the Paper Planes brand, which tees off a, a sort of childhood imagination when you, you fold a paper plane. Now, am I reaching? Well, art is always up for interpretation, but I could tell you Jay's longtime producer, Young Guru, decodes this part of the verse in a new video that was just posted online. You got to realize that everything being said here is a fact. Right. It's not aspirational no more. New planes getting broken in. Right. Well, says right here. So, yeah. So, so it's like it's literally paper the, planes, the brand. right? The paper brand. Planes. So right. new clothes, like when you try new clothes, you breaking in your clothes. This man just ordered a new plane. Oh See, my god! But then it's new planes getting broken right. in. New, new levels of yeah. existence. Yeah. All right. So if you're counting, that's airplanes, the planes company, paper planes, and planes of existence. Quadruple entendre. This poetry, like other great art takes more time to fully understand than it takes to just see or hear on a first glance. And that is why many people say Jay remains the greatest of all time, known by the acronym GOAT. And by the end of this dense poetic verse, which just dropped on Friday, Jay admonishes his would-be judges or competitors as donkeys, a play on GOAT, but then makes a reference that takes us all the way back 
to where we began. Next time we have a discussion, who the goat, you donkeys know this. Forgive me, that's my passion talking. Sometimes I feel like Paracon talking to Mike Wallace. I think y'all should keep quiet. That's his passion talking. Jay invoking that classic moment we showed you to offset his own grandiose talk, asking forgiveness for being so strident, even as he meant every word. But notice what else he's doing. Ending this poem just as he began it when he asked forgiveness for dealing drugs in his youth. And notice what else he's doing. The Farrakhan parallel can apply just to proclaiming himself the greatest. That would be like, I think, a literal reading. Or maybe it could apply all the way back to this entire poem about America's drug war and Jay's own path. Think about it. Decades in, this billionaire entrepreneur with proven success, measurable success in music, media, sports, business, law, and politics, still finds he must explain basic facts about American corruption and racism to elite and white society. And many leaders and people still don't see it or refuse to face it. That kind of entitled ignorance, which can cause real damage to real people's lives, well, that might raise your ire, might get your passion talking. And if the facts are talking, well, it's a good time for people to listen and then listen again and make sure you got the point. All right, so if you watch that video and you watch Ari break down those lyrics, um, you'll know that um, Jay was talking about the hypocrisy in this country, the, the war on drugs, and, and the fact that he was able to navigate that whole, that this whole, that whole, the whole the hypocrisy of this country and end up being a millionaire. And he seems like he's made several other millionaires. And uh, when Ari breaks it down, is his is them verses and them as bars is they they deep and um, damn when it comes to hip hop now, like I I've never a big Jay Z fan because I'm from QB and and Nas and that thing with Nas and him and you know I'm gonna be on the Queensbridge side of things so, but. At the end of the day, I gotta respect Jay. Jay's Jay's the goat right now because he's uh, he's not holding back any punches. He's making billionaires. Um, I had no idea that uh, he had something to do with Kanye becoming a billionaire. But that's an amazing thing too—the fact that he was broke not too long ago before when he married Kim Kardashian, and now he's a uh, he may be uh, 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 more than a billionaire, multi-billionaire. He may have be two or three billion up. And uh, Rihanna's a billionaire now. Uh, his wife's not too far from being there. Being there. He's a billionaire. I also see that he has something to do with LeJon, LeBron being a billionaire. So, <laughs> you know, can't take it away from him. Can't take it away from him. Another problem I had with Jay was back in the day... When I was coming up with hip hop, we didn't use. Um, it was a no-no to use other people to bite off of people, other other people's lyrics, and 
you know, I, I think it's well known that he used a lot of Biggie's uh, uh, material. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he, from what I understand, he, you know, he gives Biggie credit for it. And, uh, you know, he's, um, I was looking at um, a Murder, Inc. story and was looking at all the connections. And, and you know, uh, that dude Stevie J said a long time ago, he said the music business is this big. Like, it's not, it's not a big group of people, especially that's making any real money in the music business. Everybody knows each other. Everybody deals with each other. Everybody's making deals with each other. Now, some people don't fuck with some people because of some personal shit, but when it comes down to it, when that money, when that money is on the table, you know, like they say, you know, you ain't got to like somebody to make money with. I, well, I always said that. I ain't got to like you to make money with you. So getting back to the the point of this whole thing and the point of, of, of his lyrics is that, and I, and I posted this, like, before this even came out, I posted this um, maybe a couple of months ago. And I know uh, uh, the Breakfast Club critiqued his, um, critiqued his too. And um, I was going to, I was meant to do this video way before they even did it. But, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't matter because my look on it may be a little different than theirs. Because I said in a post, like, anybody that's in jail for marijuana at this point in time is crazy. Like, how can you have anybody in jail for marijuana right now if they haven't committed a violent crime if they wasn't shipping in tons of it or something like that it's no way they should be in jail because right now it's basically legal i'm walking down mother gas in in in, in bedford star a couple of days ago and it's a traffic stop and right by the traffic stop well, it's just like, I think they doing, they were doing like cars was coming. They was, you know, stopping cars. I think doing the probably license check, uh, uh, alcohol check or whatever. And right across the street, a store is selling weed inside the store. I mean, the people that own the store are selling weed. And then there's people outside the store selling weed. So like, I'm like amazed at this. And I was in Long Island and I stopped it. I seen a sign for a smoke stop and stopped in and, and checked it out and, and, I was handed a menu with all the weed they were selling on and everything. I said, you ain't got to have a card or nothing to buy nothing. They said, no. What do you want? I said, oh, this is this is some amazing shit. So it's like that. Why are people in jail for it? Why? Everybody that has those kind of fences should be let out of jail. It should be happening. It shouldn't be... It should happen because let's be honest about this whole situation and the hypocrisy and, and the corruption of this country. Just like brother uh, uh, Falcon was saying to Mike Wallace, like y'all, America is the most corrupt country in the world because we're the biggest and we do the most business. So we are the most corrupt. And, and at the end of the day, the drug, war was like tupac said only a, a, so you could bother me so you could arrest my people and then jail them and basically enslave them because we don't understand that when it comes to being locked up that's when slavery is legal 
because in this country, slavery is slavery is still legal under certain circumstances. And if you don't think that them overturning Roe v. Wade, Wade oh, turn Roe v. Wade isn't a prelude to them possibly changing a, a lot of other laws and maybe even bringing back slavery, <laughs> you, you ain't paying attention. At the end of the day, the drug war was all about arresting us and convicting us because you cannot legislate morality, just like it also showed near when they did prohibition, when they started start trying to stop people from drinking, what happened? All they did was create the biggest crime organization in the world. That's all they did. And what they do, they end up turning back and allow drinking. So it's, it's a game. Pharmaceutical companies can sell all the drugs they want. But if a young black brother goes on the corner and sells some drugs, he got to go to jail and forever if possible. And we support that shit. That's a sad, sick thing about it. We don't have a problem with the, um, the pharmaceutical companies selling drugs all day long. But let one of us do it, and we have a problem with that. And it, it, it just amazes me. Like, like we have a problem. If one of us is getting anything from the government, we have a problem with it. Section 8 food stamps or anything like that, we have a problem with that. But corporations getting billions of dollars from the government, we're okay with that. We don't say, we don't say jack. So... It's not just about this country, it's about us too, because we've been programmed and, 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 and indoctrinated that we don't have a clue when our rights are being violated. We don't understand the law, we don't understand the constitution, and, and, and they don't even adhere to the laws that they made, they don't even follow their own things that they make up. But we could do something about that. We can make it different. We can change that dynamic. We have to stop just letting stuff happen, just letting stuff go. Stop just talking about it and start doing something about it. And that's what I'm about, and that's what this podcast is about. So at the end of the day, we have to stop going for the okie doke. This country was built on racism. It's a racist country. It's a corrupt country, and we have to navigate it. We have to be like Jay-Z. We have to learn how to work within the system to make it work for us because it can be done. He's proof of it. And with that, you know, and all the problems I've been having with my computers, with my internet, uh, I'm happy that I finally, finally get another episode of my podcast, Be Quiet, Grown Folks is Talking. And, and, and we got, grown folks got a lot to say. With that, I'm out.